viruses, but they sure make us miserable. And you can see that on the outside, the fever, the headache, can't sleep, can't talk right, the stomach aches. You can see it on the outside. It's also pretty similar with the devil. You can't see him, but the misery he causes, you can see it everywhere. Yet today, as we look closer at God's word and here in our sermon today as well, we have someone who overcomes. He's just the right medicine. Jesus overcomes the devil for us. We'll follow the order of service as it's printed out for you in the worship folder and projected on the wall as well, beginning with our first hymn, If God Himself Before Me.
the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. We have come into the presence of God who created us to love and serve him as his dear children. But we have disobeyed him and deserve only his wrath and punishment. Therefore, let us confess our sins to him and plead for his mercy. Merciful Father in heaven, I am altogether sinful from birth. In countless ways I have sinned against you and do not deserve to be called your child. But trusting in Jesus, my Savior, I pray, have mercy on me according to your unfailing love. Cleanse me from my sin and take away my guilt. God, our Heavenly Father, has forgiven all your sins. By the perfect life and innocent death of our Lord Jesus Christ, he has removed your guilt forever. You are his own dear child. May God give you strength to live according to his will. In the peace of forgiveness, let us praise the Lord. Let's pray. Mighty God and Father, our Lord Jesus walked into the wilderness to face the devil's temptations, but he did not succumb to Satan's lies or falter in his resolve to save the world from the prison of hell. Bolster our faith by his mighty victory that we may battle against the forces of evil with courage and confidence. Through your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Please be seated. Our first lesson today taken from Genesis chapter 22. When Abraham heard what the Lord had requested of him, do you think he felt sick to his stomach? Of all the things in this entire world, what Abraham must have loved most was his one son, the son of the promise. In this lesson, we're confronted with a temptation against the first commandment, to put God first above all things. Whenever you or I put other things in our life ahead of God, he is sick to his stomach. Yet the beauty in this lesson is the Lord provides a sacrifice. The Lord was willing to give up his one and only son to save us. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain I will show you. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, 
Stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship, and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac. And he, car he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father Abraham, Father? Yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and wood are here, Isaac said, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. When they reached the place God had told him about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God, because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up, and there in the thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide. And to this day it is said, on the mountain of the Lord it will be provided. The angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven a second time and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies, and through your offspring all nations on earth will be blessed, because you have obeyed me. This is God's word. In our psalm for today, we are reminded of one of the, the worst parts about falling into temptation, the memory of it. The memory of our sins and sins against us. It's difficult for us to get rid of that. Yet the Lord, he does not remember it. For Jesus' sake, he forgets all of our sin and forgives. When someone is sick, 
they might say to you, oh, you don't want to come near me. Or you might think to yourself, I don't want to go anywhere close to someone who's sick and get sick myself. One thing that sin does is it separates. It separates us from each other and us from God. Yet because of the love of Christ, nothing can separate us from God's love. A lesson from Romans chapter 8. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is God's word. stand in honor of the gospel. The gospel for today from Mark chapter 1 is also the basis for the sermon. At once the Spirit sent him out into the wilderness, and he was in the wilderness forty days, being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals, and angels attended him. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. The Gospel of our Lord. Please be seated for our next hymn.
grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Heavenly Father, and from our Lord Jesus Christ, our victor, our champion, the valiant one. Amen. God's word for our consideration this morning, the gospel from Mark 1. Let us pray. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth will declare your praise. Amen. A group of strangers get dropped off in a remote location for 40 days to see who will survive. And there they must find their own fire, their own water, their own shelter. There are several challenges that test their mental and physical endurance. They'll work together for a while, but eventually, they'll turn against each other. One by one, they'll be eliminated and depart. Survivor. This is an extremely popular show, or at least has been in our country for about 27 years and 45 episodes, and it's called Reality TV, which doesn't always seem so real, does it? Yet it did get real for our tribe and for every tribe on earth. Are you a survivor? When the devil slithered his way into Adam and Eve's lives, they turned on each other. They were sent away from paradise. And their children... They turned on each other too, one so unexpectedly, suddenly, tragically. Ever since then, there have been such severe tests of spiritual and mental and physical endurance, all kinds of temptations, and one by one, down through the generations, people have departed, been eliminated. Even today, in our generation, Satan strikes and sinks his fangs into individuals and couples, families, and congregations, even entire church bodies. How could we possibly survive? It's only because of Jesus. Because of Jesus, you are a survivor. Jesus brought this about Apart from us, Jesus also brings that about among us. So Jesus, right after his baptism, the Spirit sent Jesus out into the wilderness for 40 days. The Holy Spirit, who descended in the form of a dove on Jesus at his baptism, the Holy Spirit remained with Jesus throughout his ministry as Jesus went around preaching the gospel as he did good, as he healed people, taught, performed miracles. And here the Spirit led Jesus out into the wilderness to confront Satan. There in the wilderness for 40 days, Jesus did not eat anything. How could he possibly survive? Well, the Lord had done this before for other people. Up on Mount Sinai, the Lord had sustained Moses for 40 days and 40 nights without bread or water as he wrote down the words of the covenant, the Ten Commandments. Elijah, too. The Lord strengthened Elijah with some food and then proceeded to sustain him for 40 days along his journey down to Mount Horeb. So here in the wilderness, Jesus, for 40 days, the Lord sustained him without bread, without food, by the word that comes from the mouth of God. He sustained him. He survived. And there in the wilderness, there were wild animals. Yet our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Satan and his demons. And so Jesus was tempted by Satan throughout that time there. Satan is the name for the devil. It means enemy or adversary. The devil always tries to make himself out like your friend, just like he did for Eve back in the garden. He promises pleasure, knowledge, control. 
But then, just like on Survivor, he turns on you. He's a liar and a murderer and a traitor. Matthew's and Luke's Gospels mention three specific temptations that Satan brought on Jesus. We could sum those up briefly in this way. Uh, One, not trusting the Lord to sustain you in hardships. Also, testing the Lord through foolish living. And then not trusting the Lord, instead trusting others in his place. Yet Mark doesn't focus on those three instances because it was so much more than that. This was 40 days of intense temptation, Satan tempting Jesus. And yet through all of these assaults, through all these temptations, Jesus stood firm. How about you and me? You and I can't stand firm against Satan for one hour on our own, let alone 40 days or the rest of our lives. So often, little ones pick on each other because it's easy or don't want to bother listening to the teacher because they just want to do what they want to do instead. In families, pushing each other's buttons just to frustrate and cause hurt because you like the sense of control it gives you. Or among friends, overindulging in food or alcohol because everyone else does it anyways and so damaging the bodies that the Lord has given you to serve him and others with peers and conversations letting those talks run wild and spiral down into ridicule and rumor although the spirit sent Jesus out into the wilderness and guided him We let our lives become so busy and so distracted that we ignore the guidance that the Spirit has for us that we desperately need in this wilderness of sin. We forget that the temptations Satan brings against us are big tests physically, spiritually, emotionally on us, yet instead of fighting those, so often we've simply forfeited. We also know what it's like to be all alone with Satan, stuck in a cycle of sin because he's got us cornered, or holding on to bitterness, resentment, anger, hatred for years, or when we are just devastated. We've sinned and we know it, and we don't think anyone else would love us or ever care for us again, especially not a holy God. Satan gets at us, and we have turned on each other. We have turned against God. We deserve to be removed, dismissed, sent away from him forever. On our own, we could never hope to survive. But there's one who did. Jesus not only resisted Satan's temptations, but he also repelled them by the sword of the Spirit, the same Spirit who sent him out into the wilderness to confront Satan, that sword of God's word. Completely apart from us, separate from anything you or I could ever contribute, separate from us yet as our substitute, Jesus won Jesus conquered. He was tempted in every way just as you and I are, yet he was without sin in our place and for us. Sometimes we might be tempted to think, well, that was easy. He was the Son of God. No. This was draining and exhausting for Jesus. Jesus left everything he had on the battlefield, and the angels that came to attend him prove it. After Satan was done tempting Jesus and went away for a time, angels came and attended to him. It's likely that they brought food, since Jesus would have been hungry at that time, but that word for attended could refer to other ways of physically providing for someone, even bringing someone's strength from God's word. Angels also have been known 
to protect God's people from wild animals. Think of Daniel in the lion's den. Angels came and attended to Jesus. Yet because he, apart from us, alone, he defeated Satan, you have immunity from hell. You have immunity from the control of Satan. You have immunity from what you you and I both deserve because of our sins, eternal death. You and I have the grand prize of life with God, eternally with him. And throughout this, the rest of our lives, even though Satan wanders back and forth through this wilderness of this world, we have the victory. We have the sword of the Spirit, God's word. We are survivors. Not only because Jesus brought that out about apart from us, but also he brings that about among us. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee. No longer was Jesus apart from others. He was among other people there in Galilee. But notice who was still meddling and causing misery everywhere he went? Satan. Satan is the prince of this world. He roams back and forth through it. He's the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is at work in those who are disobedient. And so Satan is constantly influencing peoples and powers in this world so that he can persecute prophets of the Lord, pluck the word away from other people, and push back on the spread of God's kingdom. And so John the Baptist was put in prison. You can see Satan at work behind the scenes there. Think who John the Baptist was. He was a powerful preacher. He was a popular prophet. His ministry impacted so many people, yet now that ministry was done. He was in prison. What a loss for the kingdom. If the ministry of that powerful prophet couldn't survive, would Jesus' ministry survive? If the forerunner of Christ was all locked up and couldn't go, would Christ get through this? This is also in Galilee. Remember where Galilee was, north of Judea? Galilee is described in the Bible as where people were walking in darkness, in the shadow of death. Sure, Jesus' ministry among the people in Galilee was popular for a time, but it didn't take long when many people were offended by him. That's just Mary and Joseph's son. He's just a carpenter. Many people also refused to repent in spite of all the miracles that Jesus performed among them. Many people turned away and no longer followed Jesus when they realized he's not just here to make our lives here better and to fill our bellies with bread. No, he's this bread of life that came from heaven to give life to the world. They turned away from Jesus and his ministry. Would the kingdom survive? Would Jesus' ministry survive? Of course it will. The kingdom of God lasts forever. Jesus proclaimed the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. The kingdom of God is not like King Herod's kingdom or all the other kingdoms of this world from Philistia to Egypt, from Assyria to Babylonia, from Greece to Rome, All of those kingdoms, they rule by imprisonment and intimidation and bloodshed. All of those kingdoms rise and fall. They have borders on land and boundaries in time. The kingdom of God is different. It's eternal. It's not, it doesn't have borders. It's God's ruling activity in the hearts of people. And Jesus says the time is now. It's here. For so many thousands of years, people have been looking forward to the offspring of the woman, the descendant of Abraham who would bless all nations, the heir to David's throne, the light in Judah shining, the eternal king, and now he was here. How does God rule? How does his kingdom come to us? Through Jesus' proclamation 
Repent and believe the good news. This is the work of our King. He brings about repentance in us, a change of mind about our sin, so that no longer are we secure in our sin, but we're scared to death of it. We're sick of it. He also brings about belief, this faith. By the good news, that powerful message that Jesus conquered the devil's temptations in your place. He crushed the devil's head at the cross and he conveys that great news to you through his word. It's yours. God's kingdom rules among you. Because of Jesus' proclamation, it will survive. What's the biggest threat to the survival of God's kingdom and of God's people? It's when sin is excused and dismissed, overlooked, ignored, and embraced. That is, where there's no repentance. Or threat to the survival of God's people is where we believe in human goodness or human effort more than the gospel. Or when we put our faith in human reason or human commitment more than Faith in the good news. Or when our lives become so busy with other things that we ignore, forget, and dismiss the proclamation of Jesus. Nothing gives the devil greater joy, greater satisfaction than when he can pick off individuals or couples or congregations or families as he meddles and makes misery among us. Remember who the enemy is. Remember who your adversary is. It's Satan. And when his power is at work devastating things in our lives, when his limited authority wreaks havoc, when his doing makes you feel shaken and ready to give up, now is the time. God's kingdom has come. Look to Jesus' word. Listen to Jesus' proclamation. Repent and believe the good news. It's because of that that you are a survivor. It's because of that that families can survive. Congregations and church bodies can survive. Your place in God's kingdom, you as a subject, and our relationship as fellow subjects in God's kingdom, it will survive. On the Survivor Show, over to the seasons, there have been a lot of villains. Those ruthless people who work behind the scenes, they're so selfish, lying, deceiving. All they want is to win, and they'll step on and cut the throats and stab the backs of anyone who gets in their way. When one of those villains is successful in eliminating another person, they themselves advance disgusting to everyone. When one of those villains is eliminated, everyone breathes a huge sigh of relief. Ah. The biggest villain, the most ruthless enemy, that liar and the murderer, he will have his day when our king will return and he will eliminate Satan, throw him into the lake of fire, burning sulfur, where his torment will never end, day or night. And you and I, we will get to breathe the biggest sigh of relief ever. No more devastation, no more hurt, no more betrayal, no more pain, no more death. Only one long sigh of relief. Hallelujah. The Lord Almighty reigns. And we, each of us, a survivor. Amen. Please stand. Tell me the peace of God which goes beyond all understanding. Guard your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. We confess our faith using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. 
The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated for prayer. Gracious Father, after his baptism, your son faced the stern attacks of Satan who tried to derail his journey to the cross. On this day, we rejoice in Jesus' victory in the wilderness and praise him for his ultimate triumph over the works of the devil. Send us your spirit that we may believe this truth and apply it in our lives. Satan and his followers seek to overturn our faith and love every day. Their goal is to separate us from your presence and destroy our relationship with your Son. Give us wisdom to be alert for their attacks and recognize the danger they bring. Protect us as we endure temptation. Keep us from becoming Satan's victims. Forgive us and restore us when we give in to Make our faith stronger than it is now so that we may know more and more that Jesus matters most to us in life and in death. Give us wisdom and power to follow him and do his will. Keep us from thinking that sins are harmless and cannot lead us away from him. According to your will, Lord, curb the influence of Satan in our world and society. Help people to grasp the appalling effects of his power and to refrain from doing wicked and harmful deeds. Give us courage to warn those we love about the dangers of the devil's temptations. Lead us to speak the truth in love so that family members and friends may discern evil and step back from error and sin. Move us to share the horror of Satan's power and to offer your forgiveness and love. Keep in your care all who are struggling with pain, battling with sickness, and facing death. Spare your people from Satan's temptations in their difficult hours and strengthen them with the promise of your son's ultimate victory over sin, death, and the grave. Help us to support them when we can, and to keep them in our prayers. Heavenly Father, we praise you for the healthy birth of Bennett Mason, born to Logan and Leah Schrader, and reborn by water and the word in the hospital. Please be with this little child of yours. May he grow in grace and knowledge by your spirit all his days. Also give Logan and Leah strength to raise Bennett in your word and to continue growing together in Christ. Holy Spirit, please give Nathan Meitner, the husband of our kindergarten teacher Molly, wisdom as he deliberates a divine call to teach at Sola Fide Academy in Lawrenceville, Georgia. Bless the Meitners and both calling bodies through this process and graciously provide workers for more gospel ministry. Lord Jesus, thank you for watching over Sharon Paul through her procedure last week. Please grant con your continued recovery according to your will and keep her and Neil secure in your peace. Protect us, gracious God, from the power of Satan, the allure of the world, and the seduction of our sinful nature. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. We continue with our next hymn.
Please stand for prayer. O Lord God, our Heavenly Father, pour out the Holy Spirit on your faithful people. Keep us strong in your grace and truth. Protect and comfort us in all temptation. And bestow on us your saving peace through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Brothers and sisters, go in peace. Live in harmony with one another. Serve the Lord with gladness. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace. Please be seated for our final hymn. Thank you so much again for worshiping with us.